You know, Viewmasters and flip phones. That's what oh I like. Oh, my God. <laughs> And welcome to the ADC Horrorcast. This is the Creatively Talented Podcast brought to you by us over at ADCHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. If the area you're looking for me, I will be at my hotel. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who knows his sister's alive. He can feel it. It's Mark. Hello. <laughs> for those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, we watched 2016's The Forest, and that was a Jack pick. Oh boy, was it a doozy. Best pick of the litter. I can't think of a single movie that was worse than this. Well, <laughs> I mean, we're going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> um, and hey, uh, when we do, and we are going to wow. dive all the way into that real soon. And when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the absolute nonsense out of it. And we do have a Patreon going right now, but we are not where your money should be going. So, as we have been for over a year now, all of our Patreon proceeds are going to Feeding America. So you can head over to patreon.com slash A to Z Horror. That's A-T-O-Z Horror. Support the show at your level of choosing and get some cool perks for your troubles. Know your money is going a better place than our dumbasses. And hey, if you don't want to do that or can't afford to right now, that's cool. We just appreciate you being here and hanging out. But do please do whatever you can to help somebody who needs it. We could use blacklivesmatters.carrd.co as a list of ways you can help somebody who needs it and fight racial uh, injustice across this country. But if you need a little escapism, hopefully you can have some fun and horror with us for at least the next little bit. And you know what that means. It's time to do the getting drunk part. So let's score. Let's do beers for fears. And let me close this window. because I, I thought you were going to do it. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to already oh, have done it. Holy shit. That's better. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. So, Mark, why don't we start with you? What are your beers for the 2016 movie The Forest? Sure. Your pick. I go first. That makes sense. I oh, was am going to throw it to myself. I mean, yes. Yes. Your pick, your, your beer. I am drinking... Uh, a Wasatch Great Deceiver, Imperial Pilsner. This is a movie about being deceived by Ure, which are ghosts, they tell you. Um, they make sure you know that. But it, Well, they, yeah, they, the they're point. sort of ghosts at first, and then they're not ghosts later on. <laughs> ghosts come and not ghosts. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, pretty straightforward. There's a, there's a lot of psychological deception going on in this movie. Yeah, there sure is. Uh, I'll go next. I couldn't find any one specific beer to, like, name-wise fit the movie, so I am drinking a Kirin Ichiban Japanese lager, as well as a new nice bottle of sipping whiskey I picked up for myself, some uh, Hibiki Suntory Japanese mm -hmm. whiskey. And this movie features both Japanese beer and Japanese whiskey, so I got both of those things. Damn it, you're making me feel like today. I need to go pour some of that shit. <laughs> Jake, how about you? What are your beers for these beers? Oh, I just went with the getting fucked with in the woods portion of this, which we'll get into in a minute as to whether this movie applies. But um, I have a Lost Grove Brewing. This is a first side IPA. These are both Boise breweries, by the way. Lost Grove Brewing, first side IPA, the, the emphasis being on Lost Grove Brewing. And then I'm drinking a Mother Earth Forgotten Trail. So just people lost and forgotten and the suicide force of Japan. There you go. There yeah, you go. Absolutely good and work. And I might go get some of that whiskey. That you should do. Good work all around, boys, but drinking beers and watching The Forest isn't been the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. We might have also done some other shit, including uh, watch some other horror movies, so why don't we talk about what's been rocking our horror world, starting, of course, with paying up on Lost Beers for Fears movies, so let's cue that sound effect. Mmm, beer. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber. 
You go and do something like this. What a idiot! You suck, you jackass! All right, I got one lost beer for fear movie to talk about this week. Do either of you guys have any? I don't. I only have one. I have to watch Cube Zero at some point, and I haven't gotten around to it yet. I've lost a full 26 more movies than you, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I... I have pretty good at picking beers. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> man. That's what Do it not. Is. I don't have any, Jack, but I will say I need to make some polls. Okay. Okay. Good. Polls sure are lose coming. Those nice. Yeah. Um, well, I lost for Amulet, or Amulet, as it were. It was. And I have literally no idea why, but I had to watch Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> so uh, I don't, for that. Dude, those seem very similar. Yeah, yeah they, totally definitely, have, they definitely appear to be similar. similar. Um, look, Attack, everybody knows, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is like a mid-70s movie. It's free on Prime. Uh, it sucks. It's a really, really bad movie. <laughs> um, I do think it's a little misunderstood. Like People always call it a so bad it's a good movie, and I don't think it's that. I think it is a movie that is doing its level best to be intentionally funny, and it just falls really flat on its face. Uh, you, If you want to watch this... You don't need to go more than 10 minutes in because the opening theme song is legitimately great. The operatically sung, it's well mm-hmm. put together, and it shows you everything the movie's got to offer. Oh. Uh, this is actually kind of funny. You drank a beer called Long Root for Amulet, uh, and it was such a bad pick that I decided to make a poll for things that Long Root have ac- would have actually worked for. <laughs> so, like, all vegetable-themed horror movies? Yeah, Swamp Thing, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and Little Shop of Horrors were the three. <laughs> notably all vegetable themed yeah uh well look uh it's not a good movie it is an iconic movie it deserves its place as an icon it's a unique movie and it spawned a tremendous amount of ip uh but it sucks it's very very bad so i didn't have fun watching it i you know what i was delighted to watch the first like 10 minutes of this movie and then they've used every good joke they had and they use the only good song they had and they don't do anything different and then they tell the same jokes for another 70 minutes so this or poultry geist uh i'd rather watch this okay this this at least isn't like isn't like also actively offending me at the same time so You're uh, you're pro uh, various fast food chains. You don't like it when they're <laughs> subject of a send up. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's the okay, problem. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, that's. It sounds like all we got to talk about. So let's cue Scatman talk about regular rocking horror worlds. Scatman's world. Uh, Jake, why don't you go first here? Yeah, just throw it to random people. I like it. It's a good <laughs> format. Hey, I am discombobulated. Oh, me too. It's fine. I only also, have like, one I thing to I talk about true. here, and let's talk about how... I'm, I'm guessing Mark has this on his list, too. Jack, you've already talked about this. I watched the latest Justin Benson, Aaron Scott Moorhead flick, Synchronic. Hey, I do have this on my list. Aaron let's Scott Let's talk about Moorhead, it, buddy. So I think let's just get the, the this off the... Let's let's get this out there at the beginning. That's the right place to do it. Jesus fucking Christ. No, do it, hold on. Do it in the middle. Do it in the middle. Ramble for a little while, and then do it in the middle. No, nah, I'm just going to go ahead and say this is horror shit best, but... yeah. This is one of those movies that we're happy to have in in uh, the conversation in regards to genre film. Like, these guys have been working around these parts for a long enough time that we're going to talk about anything they do, for the most part. Therefore, this sci-fi joint is going to be discussed. So, here's the deal with Synchronic. I was able to stay mostly blind to what this was. I knew it had to do with some designer drug, and that was about it, and then it would get sci-fi. And, That's like, all light time travel I think you knew. Yeah, but I did yeah, know that I, part. Basically. Um I was 
pretty impressed with what it brought to the table during the first half of the movie because that had it, it went in basically it had two halves. The first half was this much more dark and brooding, kind of grimy underworld thing than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. And the second half of the movie then became a more energized sci-fi romp. Romp is a weird word considering some of the subject matter for this movie, but you know, like it, it was, it was a lot more zippy and snappy. And I thought that that worked really well. And I absolutely loved pretty much everyone in the movie. I thought the acting was tremendous. It's fantastic. Uh, overall, I really liked this movie. It is one that I think kind of like other movies that these guys have made before. If you really start to think about it and if we were to dissect everything, it kind of falls apart. Well, and I think I said when I watched this, there's one scene in here. They do limit like the exposition to one scene, but it is yeah. such a bad scene. Is it <laughs> yeah, the, for sure. You're talking about the one when he's talking to the guy who created to the, drug, the designer. Right? Yeah, when something, the guy's jumping his house for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> or the chemist. Love it. Absolutely fucking love bad. it. I I actually, I mean, I, I kind of like how well this thing actually does fit together. There's stuff in here that's obviously, you know, science fiction or even just regular-ass fantasy, but... Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I would say that this thing really falls apart that hard if you pick it apart. Like, it does it because do, it does a really good job of not setting any hard and fast rules, right? The whole thing is Anthony Mackie trying to figure out how it's working. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. his journey through that. You, there's no rules that can break because he doesn't know them, and you don't know them as the viewer for the most part. Okay, falls apart might be the wrong word, but it becomes. I don't think what it was intended to be. Like I, I don't know. If you dig into this, it just it it really starts to unravel to a point where it's like I don't understand how it. It's hard to even describe without getting into spoilers. Is the issue, and I'm really trying not to do that for this movie. I mean, it's out on Netflix. A lot of people have probably just already recently. seen it. Yeah, listener, if you're, we've all seen it now. So, listener, if you're still wanting to watch Synchronic, I think all of us liked it. Uh, we all liked it. I would recommend it. it. Yeah, it's great. We're gonna do. We're gonna spoil it for one minute. Go ahead and click your fast forward button either twice or four times, depending on what your setting is set to. Right <laughs> now, go, Jake. What are you talking about? So basically, what I'm talking about is when he really starts to get into like whenever you have a movie where he starts searching for the rules of how something works. I don't disagree with what Jack said regarding like it is him just trying to figure it out, but it doesn't like necessarily all make sense to me I, I don't know like it, it's really hard for me to articulate even as we're able to go and, and talk about it from perspective of spoilers but he's like at different time periods and more or less in the same place but it feels like there was a lot of weight put on like a distance of like two or three inches in his room versus like across the city and the impact that that could have. And it's just completely random in every given direction. <laughs> it's, but it's not random. Like it's all still in New Orleans, sort of at a different point <laughs> in time in the earth's history. But it seems like that jump is like, I don't know. The scale is wacky to me. Yeah. There's stuff you can nitpick out of it, but I think, I don't know. I kind of like it when these, when movies like this that are obviously trying to create some crazy fabrication thing go out on a limb and you know just just fucking go for it like don't worry yeah. about these hard and yeah. fast rules it, it has it been a, it has been a minute spoilers over yeah nice. oh i did want to say one more thing i won't though 
Okay. Okay. (laughs) That was close. Well, that's a good one to talk about, Jake. Uh, I've got two I want to mention here. The first one is actually one that I should have brought up a while ago. Is what I watched on the plane when I was moving to Hawaii. Uh, New Mutants. And then we did HRR instead of it, so I forgot to talk about it. Got lost in the weeds there. But I kind of liked this movie, but it is insane how much this, like, you can see the production coming through of like they tried to make a horror movie and you can see the studio interference of like there's way too much. So now it's just a movie with three absolutely random horror scenes in it. <laughs> I loved that movie. I didn't love that movie. I liked that movie and I thought it was better. It was definitely better than I was expecting it to be given its absolutely incredible release history. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it, it is. It was very watchable. The fact that that movie came out in 2020 is one of the most preposterous combinations of facts. I'll tell you this much though, Mark, that also may have saved Anya Taylor-Joy's career because her accent in that movie is so bad. She's she's the fact she's that Starfire, it didn't come out. Is that her let, name? What's that? What's her name in that? I forget. It's not Starfire, but I forget what it is. Okay. Yeah. What um, is the accent supposed to be? Russian, Russian. and it's terrible. Oh god. And like so I think the fact that it was delayed in coming out really protected her and let <laughs> uh, keep working as a successful actor. Oh, whatever. She did a fine job. She, she did a fine job acting. She did a terrible job with the voice work. So um, I feel like if anything, people learn don't cast her as Russian. Yeah, exactly. There I mean, that's go. fine. That's, or, you know, actually hire a voice coach. Yeah, that would be damn advisable. Yeah. the or And maybe they did. I don't know. Uh, the other one. The look, don't cast her as Russian. Movie's pretty good. I don't know where to get it. It is available for free on... Uh, Delta's um, in flight app. I don't know where to get it on Delta on GoGo Delta or whatever. <laughs> so if you have access to GoGo Delta as a streaming service, yeah, that's where <laughs> you can find it. <laughs> yeah, most of my streaming services are the in-air streaming services. <laughs> I just pay for, pay extra to get them on the ground. Do you also subscribe to the in-flight magazine? Just have that delivered to your <laughs> to yeah, your doorstep. Absolutely. It's full circle with me, Mark. The other one uh, was my top one from April. Uh, this is a little flick called Things Heard and Seen. Oh, good. I'm glad um, you saw this. Yeah, it's uh, on Netflix also. Uh, you're probably being bombarded with it as, as you hear this. It's uh, It was at the top of my queue for a while, or the top of my like, sure. auto-playing thing. Yeah. Um, it's based on a book called All Things Cease to Appear, which is a wildly better title. Um, All Things Heard and Seen, or Seen and Heard, I don't even remember, is a bad title. Um, it's a pretty good movie this one is uh entirely like the, the reason this is really good is the strength of the performances they're really really good so like the general conceit of this is uh, a couple moves it's set in the 80s and like early 80s uh, a couple moves from new york to like a rural upstate uh new york town from new york city uh mm-hmm. because the husband got a got a professorship at a liberal arts college and so the wife is like picking up and moving everything to be with him and it's you know marital drama combined with an old dark house kind of spooky scares um it it works better on the drama front than it does the old dark house spooky scares but it's really compelling uh from the drama perspective and the ending of this thing makes a fucking choice nice and i thought this was very predictable for most of the runtime and i was very wrong (laughs) would you recommend would you recommend this to a a person seeking a horror movie yes this is a good horror okay it's a little over long and you got to know you're getting in for like a hard drama um it's like two hours long uh but it doesn't quite feel like it It doesn't feel like it doesn't drag um it is very compelling uh so i'd I'd recommend it i think it's a really good movie um it's not i don't think it's going to make any like 
best of the year lists, maybe, but it's uh, it's still, you know, a very compelling little flick. Uh, that's all I've got. Mark, how about yourself? Well, we talked about Synchronic already, so really the only other thing that I have, I well, I have a couple things on the on the burner right now. I'm three episodes into them. It's good so far. I'm going to save my whole critique until I get into the end of that, but mm-hmm. um, so far, so good. Allison Pill fucking rules. Um, And then the last thing I wanted to say was just that I finally beat the regular game of Control, so I still have have to get through the uh, DLCs that came with it uh, that are apparently very, very good, Uh, and I'll probably do one more little check-in when I'm done here, but at this point it would be unethical to continue going on without having recommended this game because it's exceptionally good. Really? Um, yeah, and dude. it's a horror. It's a full horror game. Is it? Right? Yeah, I, it's see, I've, full I've kind of been viewing it through the lens of it's good for a horror game. No, not, it's just exceptionally. It's good. just a very, very good game. Um, mm. Nice. And I mean, it is horror through and through. It's action horror. So you know, you are flying around. You're like literally flying around shooting people and there's like teleporting ghosts and shit like that. So it's it's very action oriented. You fight aggressive mold at one point. You fight a TV <laughs> at one point. It's it's everything you could want out of uh, if X-Files or the SCP or Warehouse 34 were a video game. Um, I like that very much. Yeah, really can't recommend that one enough. It's, it's one of the most fun I've had playing video games in a long time. <laughs> very, very solid. I like High it. High praise, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty damn good. You play it's, a lot of video games. It's no Horizon Zero Dawn, but it's it's up there. It's in the upper oh, echelon. I'm not interested then. Wow. For me, Horizon Zero Dawn's the 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 bear the whatever you call it the hurdle. What the fuck you call it? The fucking hurdle, sure. And I, I call, know that's not. I, I don't know what you're game, saying. So. Horizon Zero Dawn is like probably the best game ever made. The apex. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's the apex. I mean, it's great. It's great. And it's no Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three, but it's. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Let's go to the feature. No, pres- I'm a two guy myself. Stop. I think it's two. It's time to go two. to the feature presentation. <laughs> I think two is probably better. You can play as Darth Maul in three. I don't care. You can play as Shrek in three. I don't think that's true. You could play a Spider-Man, though. No, you could definitely play a Shrek. Uh, I need to check on that. I think you might have just been playing Shrek Pro Skater. Over at ADZHorror.com this week, we watched 2016's The Forest, and I picked this movie. Had <laughs> you guys seen this movie before? Oh, Jack. <laughs> don't ask me stupid questions. Mark, you'd seen it before? Yeah. What? <laughs> What do you mean, How what? This you. was a big movie when it came out. I watched most yeah, big movies. Yeah, well, yeah, it was a big movie. That's a, yep. That's Good a analysis. Thank you for contributing. Well, I, I don't know what to say, man. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm going to talk about it in a Sometimes minute. Sometimes It's something the movie does all, right. Jake. It's something the movie does right. <laughs> um, Being big. Something the movie yeah. did right was that you hadn't seen it yet. And I that saw I saw this like apropos. around the time it came out, and I have just been wanting to talk about it for a while, because it is... Worthy of discussion, at least. I don't agree with this. <laughs> how thing. much? How much of your choice to watch this movie had to do with Natalie Dormer? Uh, most. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greater than eighty percent is what I'm taking away from. Probably, this? yeah. Okay. But is this like a good? Okay, I'm actually very curious about your take because because this I isn't a good Natalie Dormer movie. <laughs> I can't. I can't say that this is a it's something that would make me want to watch more Natalie Dormer. I think she does a good job. Jesus, we'll, dude. We'll, we'll Holy it. God. <laughs> that is well, for, generous. But first, we got to talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into. Except for... People getting fucked with in the woods because it's my beers. Yeah. I mean, actually, yeah, that's very true. Oh, man. I thought I didn't think you guys were going to let me get away with that. 
I, yeah, I couldn't remember if we did this before or after the three second. <laughs> I have the thing pulled up. You're not going to oh, get away okay. with it. I, I was really just trying to skirt through, but then I called the police on myself there. I'm sorry. Wait, do you with what? Wait, tri- what happened? I just missed the whole thing. 30, yeah, 30 second, second plot, plot synopsis, synopsis, buddy. Oh, we'll go back to it. It's fine. I don't want to break the this raucous great momentum energy we we've got. <laughs> yeah. We are a freight train cruising through our content right now. Jesus. I am in a weird mental space. I've got to fix it. What? Jake? No. Really? <laughs> no, it's a different kind of weird mental space. It's like I had a few drinks, watched the Kentucky Derby, stopped drinking, and now it's like hard for me to get back in the flow. <laughs> All right. Well, Mark says 30 seconds are on the goddamn clock. I'm going to hit us with a 30-second plot synopsis. I guess it's going to start when I start. Sarah gets a call from the Japanese police that her twin sister uh, is probably dead because she's missing and she's gone into the colloquially known suicide forest, but she doesn't believe the police that her sister is dead, so she goes to Japan to try to track her sister down. She meets a hunky reporter and a local guide for the park, and they try to find her sister. She gets fucked with in the woods. Uh, She sees hallucinations, doesn't trust the hunky reporter, ends up killing him, and then kills herself when she thinks she's uh, fighting off ghosts, and then her sister escapes. Okay. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I have nothing else to add here. She strayed from the path when she shouldn't have, even though she had a guide, I guess, so that was fine. I am curious as to why we left subgenres. I'm still back on that. Because subgenres goes after 30 seconds. Whatever. People getting fucked with in the woods. You broke the raucous momentum. (laughs) I think you'll find you did that. (laughs) Well, I don't know. He brought the raucous, at least. Uh, He he brought the motherfucking raucous. (laughs) I brought the motherfucking raucous. I think you'd have to call this a psychological horror movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Supernatural, obviously. Supernatural. Ghosts. Ghosts comma not ghosts, I think is what we had said earlier. Yep, which is correct. Ghosts comma ure. That's kind of it. I mean, yeah, there's not much else here. That's kind of it. Trees. Nah. (laughs) No trees in this forest movie. (laughs) Trees didn't do anything to anybody, man. (laughs) Not these trees. It's a good question. Did we have trees as a subgenre when we did um, not Cabin in the Woods? Fuck. It depends on what they did. Evil Dead? It depends on how many actual categories we had to talk about because we only make that joke when the category is running light. Uh, Light. (laughs) Why don't we just dive right into this thing and talk about what in the fuck this movie does right. Jake, you said you had something. Yeah, I made money. (laughs) Everything makes money. Okay, look. I don't know why people don't invest in every movie. I will provide a deeper take. We've we've had this conversation before. This is a PG-13 horror film. We're (laughs) getting that off our chest early here because I think that plays into why it made money. Those plays, more often than not, I feel, work. You can make a lot of money in the box office by releasing a PG-13 horror movie. Kids go on them on dates. Like A lot of people will go and see it because I feel like it's just a, an easier thing to go and ingest in the theater. Mm-hmm. It ended up making, like, what, 3X? I think Which, it was like $35 million and it was a $10 million I budget. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, it made about 40 so, It cost about 10 Okay, I mean, that's pretty damn good. So I'm going to give it that because I'm running light on this category, not going to lie. Yeah, like it made money. That that's that is noteworthy, and I think that PG thirteen horror movies, even though typically they are not of the quality that I would typically end up recommending to someone, they have a place because if you're wanting to go and watch a horror movie in the theaters and you are of the age that like you can't get in or you're just not going to sneak in, then like at least you're getting to see some content. Yeah, that's absolutely. real. 
Yeah. I think it's worth mentioning. The other thing that I had is that uh, Taylor Kenny has some fucking choice shirts in this movie. His fits are <laughs> lit. He was so handsome, and it was mostly the shirts. He was very hunky. They were looking tight. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have in What Does Right. Dead serious. If we're talking this about tight fits, I like I like Natalie Dormer's very tight jeans that she chose well, to hike through the forest. Fucking for some yeah, fucking that, reason. That's just so objectively wrong a choice. Like, how <laughs> I dare chose you? Jeans. She I'm would chafe other jeans. so fast. Be There'd be so much chafing. Yeah, you you don't like the the choice of tight jeans, uh, mildly strong sneakers, and like a purse. Spaghetti strap back, dude. They did. I mean, they did do an elongated zoom on those Nikes at one point, like yeah. a full like leads oh, full blowing Nike. Yeah. Oh, we, dude. Are we supposed resting to... on the edge of the hole? Are we supposed <laughs> yes, to believe? Exactly. Are we supposed to believe that she's like an outdoorsy person? No, but she knows her whole. She knows she's flying to Japan to search a forest for her sister. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll counter and this. Apparently, with... she's done some sleuthing. Like she looked at her computer once in this movie. Mark, she's a goddamn. She's Wizard. a real gumshoe. Yeah. I'll tell you this much. Having been to the the national parks of southern Utah, which are pretty treacherous terrain at times, I have seen people, and there's no other reason why you would be in Moab than to visit the national parks. I've seen people hiking along like cliffs in high heels. So, I mean, people pack like yes, that Yes, people sometimes. are stupid. Like every f- One of our few friends times a year, famously you see, like, brought the absolute wrong shoes to climb a mountain. <laughs> yeah, some Chuck Taylors. <laughs> Logan. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, dude! I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I, you know, maybe that's just a believable character choice. She that was those were her hiking jeans. Those were her hiking jeans. I like that. I did you want? Gonna okay, stick, we I'm going to stick with nitpick because she would. There's, it's so humid, dude. This is like foot of Mount Fuji shit. She's going to chafe. It's not going to be great. I. So what you're saying is you want this movie to be about ten minutes longer. You want it to be uh, like a like an REI trip. That goes as in, long as it's done in zip-offs. flashback, like most of the other exposition, then yes, I like would action yeah, scenes of her buying pants. Oh god, yeah, flashback <laughs> to yeah, flashback to REI trip. Yeah, buying and and here's what I want: I want them to be zip off technology slacks, and and I want them, and I want halfway through the first day, she says, "Hold on, guys, I got to top, I got to stop to take off my zip offs," and they turn from long pants into shorts, and they're very fast. Zip offs. Yeah. They could have made it really believable and made it a Mont Bell product placement play <laughs> really get in there with the japanese gear yeah damn, I, damn. missed opportunities abound in this movie damn well then we're in what the movie does right yeah <laughs> i want to talk okay i want to talk about the setting of this movie there is, now there is obviously there's some controversy around this one yes. buddy and look the the aoki gahara forest is a very sensitive place to set anything right because this is a real place uh that you could have like a lot of troubles just setting a movie in. it's why it's it's how the wider world first learned that Logan Paul was an asshole. Uh, Wait, <laughs> like, is this? Hold on, I need to give me a, an extraordinarily truncated version of the story because I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, seriously, he went Logan and he Paul, filmed yeah. there and like made fun of it, kind of basically. Did like dumbass yeah. frat yeah. boy shit in the forest? And yeah, he did stupid to, Logan Paul. It's like Paul the thing. first of the YouTube apology videos. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I don't think that's quite true, but it it definitely knocked him down multiple pegs into. Essentially obscurity. I don't know. Is he obscure at this point? I feel Not like at all. I think he's like a almost a billionaire. <laughs> well, but I don't know. It definitely was a big hit to his popularity. Like for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and either way, I don't want to get too much into the cultural sensitivity of using this real place as a movie, especially Western filmmakers. Like I don't know how to deal with any of that. That 
probably is problematic, but I also feel like you should also probably be able to like make art about places that exist. Um, but either way, the way they actualize this setting, I think works really, really well. This forest feels dense. It feels real. It feels cohesive and it feels scary. And it's pretty. It's so Mark, pretty. The only thing I want to say here, and I just wanted to let Jack go for a second, but to go back to the Logan Paul thing, he's going to fight Floyd Mayweather in like two months. And it's gonna be hilarious when he gets his ass kicked. No, it's, I, well, it's gonna end in a like draw by. It's. It, I mean, it is gonna be an exhibition fight. To be clear, like I, the thing is, he's fought like the, the fights that he's had so far. He's boxing against people who aren't boxers. So yeah, he fought a basketball player last time. But well, he also fought an MMA like a like a seventy five year old MMA fighter. This one's so stupid though, because there's nothing in it for either of them. Like Floyd Mayweather doesn't get anything out of beating Logan Paul, and Logan no, Paul but Floyd doesn't Mayweather... get anything about getting his ass kicked by Floyd the, Mayweather. The only in- the only interesting thing from a boxing perspective though is that Floyd Mayweather would have a lot to lose if like Paul came out and like just fucking rushed him. Yeah, and Paul does have like forty pounds on him. <laughs> so he's not gonna let himself lose. I mean I'm fully confident that Mayweather, in regardless of state he's in, is incapable of losing that fight. Absolutely. Oh, one hundred percent. And I'm, I'm also... sure they're just gonna go out there and hit each other a few times. They're they're gonna end up in I, I don't know. I'm guessing it's gonna be like a split decision Mayweather win by design. What that one? I was gonna say like either a split decision or a dis- draw by decision. Like there's a, a lot of money I'd put on either one of those outcomes. Yeah, anyway, that's the other thing. Isn't Floyd Mayweather like a corner. notoriously big gambler? Like how do we? It, there's an outside chance that he gets his butt kicked, and then we find out a decade later that he ended up making like a hundred billion dollars on the fight. That's he just I bet mean, against himself. Maybe. Sort of. I mean, I, I don't think so. He's so fucking meticulous about every aspect of every fight. Yeah. Like, the precise weight, you know, down to the, like, almost microgram of the gloves they're going to use. He's a psychopath. Well, yeah, and just a terrible person. Let's get out of there, too. <laughs> yup. Um, Complete psych. What are we talking about? We are here? done are we talking, talking about, about boxing. <laughs> I'm sorry I we, took it there. We We were going back to the setting of the movie. I had that written as well. I, this is... I think this is a little bit... 2016 was when you could still probably go there and film without people really batting an eye too much where it was still kind of cool to use that as a backdrop and not being particularly culturally insensitive. Not the, And to agree with Jack, I don't think they did it in a culturally insensitive way, but... At the same time, you know, there have been dozens of different, like, world's most haunted places and scary, you know, scare tour USA type shows shot there that were doing, like, you know, more disrespectful shit than this. So I I never really had any issues with it. Really what you have is a atmospheric and creepy and beautiful backdrop. And the fact that they also... I don't know how legitimate it is to include the tour guide guy, but I do like that they sort of include this sort of local perspective saying like like you know people have to go in and remove the bodies like totally that's, yeah I think that's a thing that, that happens well. right we have park rangers out here that ha- their whole right. job is to hike in and unfortunately like pull people out office she goes to the woman's so happy she's like it's not your sister okay we'll come back tomorrow we'll have more bodies <laughs> <laughs> i mean just like obviously some of that's a fabrication and probably a bit of an exaggeration sure. but 100 percent, man <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. I, I don't want to disagree in the what the movie does right segment, but it just it it reeks to me of like we were going to make this movie and like think about it a little bit. But it's still a very westernized like adaptation of this concept. Like, I don't think you could have not had that happen, though, given what the movie is. Right. Oh, absolutely. Like this is a yeah. movie about like a Western like uh, a woman from Western society, like coming to this place. So I think that from the jump, the way this was written was to bring some controversy upon itself which is a weird thing 
I mean, it definitely, right? It got a lot of buzz for being, like, set in the real Japanese suicide forest. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. So Did they actually uh, film there? I didn't I actually have, look. I honestly don't know. It wasn't in the production No, I, I don't Wikipedia. believe they did. There was one IMDiba trivia thing that was, like, studying for a role, Natalie Dormer actually went to the forest. Oh, and that's true. She, like, took a photo, and the driver wouldn't step a foot inside. So uh, I'm they, looking here. Filming yeah, in Aokigahara is not permitted, so they chose a forest near Tara Mountain in Serbia. <laughs> oh, Serbia. Fun. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Classically next to Japan. <laughs> also classically lighthearted, uh, fun place to go. But before we yeah. get off the forest and the cinematography, there was one scene in here I liked so much. I wanted to call it out and elevate it beyond neat pick. And it's the Jesus. scene when like her paranoia is really starting to rise and she doesn't trust Aiden at all. And she like is she thinks he's gaslighting her about the direction they're going and the forest or the, the river has switched directions. Yeah. Water that flows was down. Super fucking cool. Yeah, I, I, I had that written down as well. The my next two notes were both basically on that same topic. That I actually you could go a lot of different directions on the psychological elements in this movie, but it does do some interesting stuff as far as keeping you second guessing who Aiden is and also the general mental state of I don't actually know the main character's Sarah. name. Sarah. Sarah, that's right. Um, but yeah, they do have the occasional moment and the the, river, the water flows down scene is probably the best example of that where it shows you one thing and then he immediately switches to the opposite direction of the water flowing. And you're like, we've been going downhill this whole time, Sarah. What are you talking about? And it's like, totally. do I trust Aiden? Do I trust Sarah? I don't know. This is all bullshit. And I thought that shot was like executed really well. Yeah, very, very yeah, cool. It was, it was. I, I did have that written down and does right. I agree with you there. Um, I also here we can get into acting here. I thought it was we a well acted movie. <laughs> I liked I especially liked the chemistry between the two leads. I thought they were very good. I thought that was believable. I also liked Aiden's thing of like, yeah, I lied a little bit. You're a pretty girl at a bar. I was trying to impress you. Like that also <laughs> keeps you guessing. I think it's pretty good. And I don't think there's any need to have Natalie Dormer play her character and her twin sister, but she did a fine job with that. I don't think it's like stellar, but I think she did oh a good job. Oh my god! I'll fine. <laughs> Natalie Dormer does an okay job. Whatever the scene when that they recreate in the flashback of her and Jess, her twin sister Jess, talking to each other. So it's just Natalie Dormer talking yeah. to herself, and there's a hard cut every time between every single line. Is one of the worst things I've ever it's seen. It's really bad. It's, <laughs> it's so so bad. The energy is like just I mean you could tell there was just a person like offset just reading the opposite line so that they could do the whole thing like without breaking. Hi listener. So here's the thing. Uh <laughs> we had some technical difficulties when we recorded the second half of this podcast. Um and my recording just straight up turned off like mid sentence and we didn't catch it for like 40 minutes. So here we are. It's the next day. Uh, and we, we got to finish this, this once. thing. <laughs> we so already this, did this once. If this sounds more polished than usual, uh, then that's surprising. <laughs> I was going to say, it won't. <laughs> uh, when we last left our intrepid heroes, they were talking about the very end of Does Right. So I think we just jump right into what the movie does middle. You guys good with that? Yeah, pretty good. And I have no idea at this point what I had rambled about in what the movie does right because it would have been something that belongs and does wrong anyway. <laughs> so yeah, let's move on. 
Yeah, Mark, hit us up. What you got in Does Middle, bud? The, the, the first thing I had in Does Middle was there's this scene toward the beginning um, with an old lady in the back of, like, a dark hallway. And it's actually a really good scene, but much like everything in this movie, it's fully detached <laughs> from the rest of the movie script. It was one of those things that's entirely its <laughs> own episode of, like, a YouTube short and she just walks into this, she walks down the hallway, and there's like this kind of like faint figure in the shadows in the background. And it's like a great little like two minute sequence. And then, of course, it fucking pays off with this horrible jump scare that's just an old lady who is suffering from sundown syndrome or whatever. Dude, uh, I had a note in, in here that was like, that scene was really fucking cool until the jump scare absolutely ruined it. Yeah, exactly. Not only does it end in an egregious jump scare, but it's also. Like, why is that scene in the movie? Is the is the assessment here that as you grow old in the forest, you just sort of turn into a living ghost? Is that what this is? Or like, uh, Sarah's sad and haunted by ghosts. And... <laughs> Sarah's sad. I mean, that's what they say. You have a sadness about you, right? That's why. I She's like, yeah, my she sister's dies fucking of... missing, you asshole. Yes. Well, <laughs> okay. I I had something like this too, Mark. Though there's because there's a lot of these scenes that do look really cool and that one in particular has this weird like glitchy kind of I, I don't know how to describe the effect they used on this old woman before the jump scare but it was really cool they use a similar effect this is right about 59 minutes into the movie i went back to look at the time code i went back to watch it about twice. 59 yeah just about like right, right around 14 59 seconds <laughs> about <laughs> about that um where when she's like looking up into the forest canopy and the trees like do this weird glitch thing and it was not just like a Netflix glitch it's like an effect glitch it was meant to be there and there's like these really cool <laughs> subtle moments that are then just hard ruined by terrible but, jump scares but then they also sort of feel out of place like I don't remember this because I watched this movie whilst completely lit up and <laughs> the details are going to be vague at best so you it mean seems you... <laughs> like a weird thing to dump attention into. Like, I guess one of the things that we've already talked about, I'm sure at this point, again, I don't know what actually made it to the real <laughs> recording, was that this had some atmosphere to it. And I think that they could have been trying to, to you know, build on that. But ultimately, it's like in service of what? Considering at the same time, they just blast off into these shitty jump scares. Like, they kind of don't know what to do with themselves. And it ends up being... A mess. The self-contained pieces, like the scene that Mark mentioned, ultimately a mess. There are some cool things that you could pick out, but they're little bits and pieces of a whole that is just a disaster. Not there. It's not there. <laughs> I, I think they had like a general, super broad stroke concept for the movie, and then they probably had a few of these set pieces that they wanted to execute, and yet they didn't know how or didn't want to do them in a different way than that popcorny PG thirteen jump scare because that's what kids like or something yeah. i don't know jack you you referenced over the last like three or four weeks multiple times planting and payoff this movie i was so excited for you to start talking about planning and payoff in this movie because it's <laughs> awful what this movie does is planting and that's it <laughs> yeah. it just tells you the setup of every joke and then never actually closes it out it is surprising how much this is a lot like what a stranger calls 2006 they're very similar they're in eerily that similar <laughs> Spookily similar, some might say. Ooh, are we onto something? But That's the scariest part of this movie is how similar it is to when a stranger calls from 2006. <laughs> along these same lines, though, is I want to put like the sound mix, sound editing, and sound design in here because it's really, 
really good at some points, and then it's just like, here's a chord, because it's a jump scare throughout most of the movie, and really fucking on the nose. But there's like a couple of scenes in there when she's mostly like looking forlorn through the forest that have this like low, rumbly whistle that's just like one bubble off being a natural sound of the forest, and it's actually really creepy and really weird and really cool, and I like that very much. But then the rest of the time, it's just like, eh, fuck I it. I don't remember that again. See earlier comment about drunk. How did you watch this, Jack? Was this a headphones watch? Listen, oh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And also, okay. what was what headphones. was your general state of being? Was this also a Saturday morning coffee watch? No, no. This was a Saturday evening, like midnight watch. I just wasn't blackout drunk. Okay. <laughs> Good for you, buddy. <laughs> One yeah. of the rare Saturday progress. <laughs> I think that's what they call progress. Um, well, that's cool. I can't say that I experienced the same thing, but if it's there, it's there. <laughs> yeah, I think I need to go back and listen for this forest drone sound that you're talking about. I mean, what would what would be cool is if they did that, because you know how she talks about how it's totally not uh, mystical or anything. We can just sense each other's presence from across the fucking Jesus. universe. It would be, but she talks about that being like a sound or whatever. It'd be kind of cool if they just well, were trying to tie those those two things together. Sort of. She talks about like I a don't sound think you can't hear. And then why describe it like a sound? If it's a sound you can't hear, pick something else to fucking describe it. Well, I mean, you can you can feel like low frequency sounds, and actually, I mean, like high high frequency sounds also affect your body as well. You can feel them, and they make you like nauseous and stuff. And like, wasn't that like the Nauseated. weird attack on the Cuban embassy a while ago? Was an ultrasonic attack thing? Anyways, we're getting off track. There was a weird sickness at the Cuban embassy. One of the things to which it was attributed was like an ultrasonic attack. I don't think anything was ever confirmed. But my point is, you can there the sound has an effect on you both below and above human but perception. When you can't hear it, you just feel it. I don't know. <laughs> What's she gonna call it? Like my whole body vibrates every time my sister's alive. Sure. I mean, that'd be more descriptive. They were just trying to make it sound mercurial because it's stupid. <laughs> oh, I mean, that. You, I think you just captured lightning in a bottle with the description of this entire movie in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> that was all I had in Does Metal, I think. Me, it's uh, not yeah, really me a too. middle movie. Exactly. It's not really a middle movie. It's not really a right movie either, if we're being honest with ourselves. <laughs> nope. I think there's some good parts of it. <laughs> I, yeah, there are good parts. But on the whole, what does this movie do wrong? Jake, last oh, night you just launched into a thing on yeah, this, so I'm just, you go ahead. I can't tirade. capture that magic twice. <laughs> I don't even know now. I was just so upset at every part of this while drunk. Now I'm not. I'm decidedly not <laughs> drunk. So let's go. I really fucking hate this movie's primary mechanism for delivering its story through flashbacks. I think that that's terrible a terrible way of handling the story and it at best is just mounds of exposition they also commonly throw in some shit like what we just talked about in the middle it's not a good way to handle your progress through the story and it builds zero momentum zero yeah. and not only that but it's not even useful like the fact that her dad did a murder suicide on her parents is did I a mean, murder suicide did, did a murder popped off a murder we shouldn't suicide. laugh about that no oh. we shouldn't it's rough <laughs> but um the fact that that happened i guess is to okay. say why sarah yes. is like depressed yes. apart from the she saw it and she's been do. carrying that trauma alone because what i don't remember either of the names whatever the norm, normal normal blonde dormer didn't sarah. look 
So she has oh, no right. trauma, apparently, please, or not please. enough trauma. Well, she didn't hit critical mass of trauma, she, because that's totally how that works. But I think Re- the movie's telling us she had more trauma, because sadness what? sadness is what makes you die in the forest, and she's the one who ended up dying. Dude, th- I do not want to give this movie that much credit. This was Maybe. the part that I was confused about, is how fucking crisscrossity the, the memory of the actual murder-suicide of her parents is, because Sarah, the blonde one, I think... Uh, <laughs> says that she remembers it being or remembers being told that it was like a drunk driver that hit her parents in the driveway when they were coming back from a restaurant or whatever. But she clearly remembers seeing things. But then she also says that Jess saw all of it. But then what do you she mean still... she remembers seeing things? Well, she keeps seeing these hallucinations of what actually I don't, happened I to her I don't think parents. that's Even... her hallucination, dude. I think that's just like a... a a memory that is visual because we're watching a movie and it's for the audience. Right. So then, but what I don't understand is if they're doing or not is did, was Sarah actually the one who saw all of it? Jess didn't. And that's why Sarah dies in the forest and Jess doesn't. Oh my God. This is confusing as fuck. Why is, why are there so many contrafactual things about like the central element of this story's plot? (laughs) I also just assumed she was lying to Aiden because she didn't want to get into the whole murder-suicide of it all. I had never considered... Oh, that makes also sense. Yeah, (laughs) I had never considered any of this. I was too angry at the movie. It's just so (laughs) deep a story, you know? It's so deep. There, it's there's so it's layers. I, like, yeah, and look at the Blair layered. Witch Project. Like, You don't need any of that backstory to have a compelling getting fucked within the woods movie. I think for this one, you need a little bit of backstory. A little bit of it, but they have so much. They're well, drastically too much. Well, and I mean, <laughs> if we're just going to talk about this movie as an on-rails vehicle for getting us from jump scare to jump scare, you don't need any fucking... <laughs> I mean, for the for the love of God, well, they have... what it was... A, I don't know, Mark. They have a jump scare where she finds a little flip-through image viewfinder thing, oh, and her oh dad's ghost God. jumps they're out called, at her They're called it. Viewmasters, okay, sir. Okay, thank you, Viewmasters. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you knew it, what it was called, because I do not know how to describe those things. Well, it, well, and certainly, I think our audience is, like, substantially younger than us on the most part. None of them will have any fucking idea what this thing is. I'm just going to Google Probably Viewmaster not. real quick and see what pulls up. That's okay. going to be one yeah, of those. Yeah. scene, yeah. I agree with you, is hard does wrong, because the stupidity of her falling in a padded hole in the forest and there being a Viewmaster under the leaves is like, so we just don't give any shits anymore huh <laughs> listener <laughs> listener if you're under 30 and you don't know what we're talking about just google actually if you're whatever fuck it if you're any age because this is a fun nostalgia <laughs> trip just google Viewmaster. one word these were for some reason an exceptionally cool toy that everybody loved man and all you did was look sucked, at pictures huh? through binoculars the past was so depressing <laughs> and you can still find them for 28 dollars at walmart I, I feel guess. like they kind of made, they had a little bit of a renaissance, renaissance is a very harsh word, but they had some somewhat of a comeback in recent years. There was like, I think a Shark Tank company that was trying to be like a hipster company of like, we'll take your old pictures and put them in a Viewmaster for you. I mean, Something I like do that, feel yeah. like this This is also in, in the same vein as now everyone uses actual film in their cameras anymore if they want to be cool. Mm-hmm. Also, Jesus, if they have a camera. Real? Is that a real thing? It's the return to tactile stuff, man. This is happening everywhere. This is why yeah. vinyl is so popular. <laughs> this is why I, I buy all I, my things on CD-ROM. I don't Chip want film, and discs. I don't ra- want Polaroid. I want all of my digital photos to go into a Viewmaster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what a very specific subset of person that's going to require. That is. Hey, while we're so like on that scene, 
because it's followed immediately by something else this movie does wrong and frequently. The little Japanese girl, the little Japanese schoolgirl that fucks with her in the forest, all of those scenes are abject horse shit. Why? Yep. Oh, so I, so yep. it's there. Her name's Hoshiko, I think, if I remember correctly. That's uh, right. Good correction from yesterday. <laughs> well, there is another character named Sakura, and I did get those two confused, but whatever. There, that person does exist in the movie, so that wasn't like a huge miscue on my part. Thank you very much. I'll own it. Um, now we're more polished, Jack. We've done this once already. <laughs> I guess the the point here is that the forest itself, the ghosts of the forest, need to like sow the seeds of mistrust Yurei, between Aiden and uh Sarah and Endorm. Yes. <laughs> Endorm, yeah, it's yeah. Sure, her profession. Okay, her yeah. professional it's name Endorm. Dorm. It's like J Law, you know. Um. So, but that's all it is. Is why? Why is it not just another lost soul? Why does? It, why is it more convincing for her to be a schoolgirl ostensibly from Jess's school when she's already been to Jess's school and knows that Jess was the only missing person? Like you think the you think the principal would have been like, oh, if you're going to the forest, by yeah. the way, I mean, keep yeah, an eye out like, for the three or four other children we lost on this. When field trip. Natalie Dormer believes her for the first time, right when she's talking to Aiden, like a little girl told me Jess is still alive. It's like, wait, hold on. So what you're telling me is you you would have me believe that a little girl from that field trip also got lost. What a Jess's students, and I've now run into in the woods near Jess's tent. And also, she's not starving or wanting to be saved. She just is like, bye. <laughs> I live here now. See ya. It's so stupid. Oh, man. Oh, Especially it's when you already have this like big twin energy to if you're, <laughs> if you're trying to get her to be able to find her sister you've already fucked that up by saying i'm a twin i can find her however the fuck i want from the other side of the planet i'm in new york city she's in japan i can feel her i'm gonna go to this forest I can wander into a forest and find her tent I, she's not even connected to her twin she's connected to her twin's tent isn't that what like touching the void was about though enter the void enter the void yeah i was like, gonna say touching, I think touching the, void. the void is a, That's a book about a mountaineering disaster yeah <laughs> Was it? I think Enter the Void was just about being dead and DMT and no, probably I mean, there were twins in that movie. Really? I think they're just brother and sister, dude. Were there twins? Mm, there was some sort of twinergy going. You on. You know what? We should just go back and watch it. Just no, watch that three I'm and a half. I'm never watching hour that again. <laughs> Fuck off! Never. It's better than this movie. I could I could cram the forest in three times and gladly would before I watched that again. Hey, yeah, see, the thing is, this movie actually makes me feel something. Like I I I guess. Enter the Void does too, but it makes me feel sad and bad, whereas this movie makes me feel anger, and I think I'll take anger. <laughs> it makes me feel rage. <laughs> yeah. I'll take rage in 90 minutes over sadness in three hours. Yes. Hundy. <laughs> um, while we're talking about jump scares, the last three seconds of this movie make it immeasurably worse than it would mm -hmm. be without this stupid we, ending that this fucking thing has. We've been dancing around the jump scare things like we all haven't. episode. We haven't. We've railed on these so much already. They all <laughs> suck. They're fucking awful. It, the movie hits you early and late with the jump and scares. Often. And often. And in the middle. And, and the all middle. the way through with <laughs> yeah, horrible jump scares. There's never anything other than jump scares. The and maybe a river one flowing the, the wrong one. I think we all have different opinions on this. I think the worst one is the last one because it's the, the punctuation of the movie as a whole is... Just so unforgivable the way it does that, and I get it because it's like other movies that have done this. It's not totally it's a trope, like, right? Ending a movie of. with a jump scare is a trope, but it, it yes, and it is a cardinal sin 
and it chooses to put in like one of the worst that I've ever seen. No, fuck it. This is the worst one I've ever seen. <laughs> it's I so want to disagree with you, but I think you're right. <laughs> I think it's the worst one I've ever seen from like a purely how does the jump scare look in a vacuum? The sense paranormal the activity one looks real bad. To end Jack, the paranormal movie. activity one doesn't exist. You'll find. Yeah, the paranormal <laughs> the activity is one you have movie. to like pirate from, uh, you know, a reputable source on the internet if you wanted to, because otherwise I, I don't think it exists. Maybe it might be. No, on the isn't the jump scare no. the theatrical yeah, the one? The, the, the good ending. Guy. The good ending is the one that you have to pirate. I think the, that's correct. The correct ending. Or wait, you know, you can oh, rent oh, both oh, hold on, on hold on, because the, there are three, right? So there are the one, the one that was in the original theatrical cut is her getting is what's her name, Katie, Katie getting shot by the police, right? No, no, uh, that was in like the test markets and shit. That's the one Jake and I saw. Yeah, that's the yeah <laughs> the oh so the theatrical ending is her standing there for a the long camera. time, and then the theatrical cut is lunging at the camera. The, then oh. the the other one, the like DVD special one, is standing there for a long time and then disappearing with the text. Oh yeah, and then she just like walks downstairs or whatever and never yeah. is seen again. Yeah, okay. Yep. I'm glad we've done this. I mean, this is the worst. Know, we gotta. But yeah, but, but in this the, movie, you, you have a rich history of extending the narrative of a movie with the final jump scare. Right? Sinister does it. <laughs> sure in does. Okay, fanish, okay, fashion. Sinister two is god awful i mean you can look at like the end of the autopsy of jane doe is something kind of it's not a jump scare per se but it's like extending that this is yeah. just like you know what would have made this movie better just it when uh what's the what's the tour guide's name like aiden uh, oh, no, no. No, no 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 the no, tour guide uh um, it doesn't matter Mark. like michi He's he looks and he sees her feet or whatever and then she just turns around and like walks back into the forest. That's so much better than cut to, you know, Endorm having been in makeup for six hours lunging at the camera for one second because who fucking knows? Did Michi die? I don't know. Did he deserve to die? I don't know. Did he have sadness in his heart? No. I mean, almost certainly not because he's walking around there in random directions every day. Here's something else the movie does wrong. It pays attention to fucking nothing. And his whole job is, what, he's on suicide watch? He does rounds to try to get people to not kill themselves? And the way that we see him be good at this job is they stumble across a random guy who's in a tent. He says, if they're in a tent, they're not sure. Stay here. Walks over, talks to the guy for 15 seconds, comes back and said... I think he's good. Let's go. That's I it. mean, I, I like to good. think I like to think that he's just <laughs> out there doing, just saying hi, providing like a pamphlet, like a power bar or something like that. And then he's actually tagging the person's bag with like a GPS tracker. And two minutes after our scene ends, the, there's just like a SWAT team of rangers that come in and just pull the person out against their will. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Except, man. But he also, he has no rhyme or reason to his rounds whatsoever he is literally going in random directions and they expressly indicate that in the movie i mean i guess the point of that though is that he knows the woods well enough that he can get out and regardless of what direction you go you're gonna find people to the point where you know they find that one hanging body that has supposedly been up there for quite a while so you know you stumble down one pathway and you see what you find and then you go back and you get out of there by nightfall feels like you should have a plan I mean, it feels like he should fucking log it with the Rangers or something like that and do like, here is the path I'm taking today. Yeah. Come find me if you don't see me. Hello. That'd if I've sprained idea. my ankle, I would like some help, please. <laughs> That's fucking uh, Survivor 101. 
But to go back to the jump scares, Jake, the first one's worse because it, it sets the movie on a horrible tone. Which the one's jump the scare, first one? The window. That's the car. When she's in the taxi oh. and the old man's like, ah, I'm a drunk old man. Well, I mean, the actual worst one is the one in the Viewmaster because Jesus Christ, it's like three different <laughs> shots all composited together. And she's in a fucking Viewmaster that she found in an ice cave. And why are there ice caves? <laughs> it's not an ice cave. It's a Oh, yeah, it's just a cave. They just call cave. it an ice cave think- because... I agree with all like all of these are bad in kind of the same way in the sense that like they don't fit there. There is no real payoff to them that's impactful. Like to the last two, the one Mark mentioned, the one at the end of the movie, I'm fairly sure are literally just there for the audience and don't exist within the world of the movie. The first one is one of those false jump scares that's stupid in its own right. And that one, it's kind of gotten me thinking about the comparison that we've been doing between this and When a Stranger Calls, because the sin that When a Stranger Calls committed was continuously doing the false sting jump scares, like, oh, there's a cat. Oh, the wind is blowing. That type of shit is unforgivable <laughs> as well. Oh, no, nature. This is the other type, primarily. The The first one is is that. The rest of them are, I would say, real payoffs, but like the wrong choice, because it's not <laughs> it's not driving anything within the setting of the movie forward. The best one was the girl in the tent. It's still not good, but that was the best that, one. That was a terrible jump scare, and it was the best one, I agree. It, it, that one actually got me, too. I was like, wow. Oh, they all get me. I mean, that's, it's <laughs> part of, like, jump scares are cheap because they always like, they don't I, always get you, but they frequently get you. I will also say that I was watching, when I, I was watching this, like, at midnight. My wife had gone to bed and in the dark, and then I, like... My office here opens up onto our lanai, uh, gentlemen, and we keep our recycling mm. out there, and something knocked over the can recycling bin, dur- like, three-quarters of the way through this movie, and that scared the shit out of me. All the I, like that, I like that you try and play it up how nice this thing is and calling it a lanai and making it a sound all... And then just like, yeah, our garbage is out there. <laughs> I mean, no, they're nice recycling bins. Okay. No I'm super jealous of the fact you live in Hawaii. Okay, I need to play this up in my own brain. <laughs> yeah, it looks at, it does look out over a highway though, so that's not great. <laughs> we got a, we got um, a lovely highway view. While we're still in does wrong, this is the other kind of unforgivable sin of this movie is that it's basically just a ghost movie. They frequently have people drop in to make sure you know that these aren't just ghosts; they're yure and they're the same thing. But like, not what the is the fucking thing. point of? I mean, they're not the same thing, but this movie treats them as the same thing. But what's the point of setting this whole movie in the Japanese suicide forest and then just making like an on-rails, regular-ass ghost movie? Like, why not leverage any amount of the existing folklore? Wouldn't that be like... Honestly, I can't remember whether or not we had the conversation in the part of the podcast that is still going to be included here (laughs) of whether or not this movie was respectful or not. But like... Isn't that kind of one of the more disrespectful things you can do here is do it in the suicide forest, but then also like explicitly ignore all of the, you know, local folklore stuff around it? I think they towed an interesting line here because by not trying to get any of the folklore even a little bit right, it's kind of just like it doesn't feel exploitative or offensive because like they didn't try to use anything. Because it's just a wet fart. It's just nothing. (laughs) But also, it may be offensive, and I'm just the wrong person to make that call. That's also yeah. I, that, I mean, that's fair. None of us have particular particular emotional attachment to the Okigara. Help Aoki me out. Okigahara. Yeah, Oki. That one. Uh, <laughs> forest here, and it probably is just a little bit insensitive. I, I mean, I feel like 2016 was a little bit prior to, um, like you know, P 
people being particularly upset about those things. And I, you know, we're not going to, we're not here to elaborate on that point. This did comes our, in my mind comes on the our, tales of a bunch of different like haunted world and the ten most haunted places travel channel countdown shows where you just have like idiot travel channel people walking through this and the weird like doll island in Mexico and so, all that other shit. So what you're saying is on the respectfulness scale, it's not as bad as those, but not good. That's what I'm getting. Yeah, but also I yeah, don't I think that's, that's accurate. Filmed there, you're not allowed to film there. Right, the government pro- prohibits. It, that doesn't yeah. matter. To Notably, me. Like, this the whole point is you're going to have x, however many people it takes to make forty million dollars or whatever watching this movie about the suicide forest. It doesn't matter that it was oh. filmed in Siberia. No. I yep. mean, it would be worse if they illegally went into the real suicide forest and filmed. That would be fucking nonsense. But it's still not great. It's not <laughs> that, great. That and, would be a Logan Paul YouTube video. <laughs> did, I, I'm wondering if that eight minute discussion about boxing made it into the final I cut. really <laughs> hope it did. Whatever. He's going to get tuned up by Mayweather or he might not be because it's, it's all a farce. Yeah, it's going to be a tie. Those are the only decision. two options. Yeah, it's it's a fake shit. Um, it, I doubt it'll be split, dude. Or No, split decision. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, split decision way, Mayweather win. We, there, we, had, fi- we had the discussion This conversation again. is in here twice, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, if it's in here twice, I'd be so stoked. <laughs> this is going to be our best <laughs> to see whatever. what's changed. <laughs> uh, but I, I think, I mean, whatever the case, however offensive it may actually end up being, it wouldn't have been that hard to pay some people whose experience, like who this forest is important to, to write some actual folklore into this and pay attention to it. And they did none of that shit. I mean, the we closest really they get... We talked about the writers, have we? The closest no. they get is actually including the guide and the rangers themselves to point out that, like, there are people who have, that have the unfortunate job of, you know... It, it, it's a national park, I think, right? Um, of actually, like, maintaining this area and going in and removing dead bodies. Famously, like, the hanging body in this one is based around an actual human person they found that had been hanging from a tree for quite a while and was, like, so grotesque and rotten that when they removed it, there were... I mean, that's where the poster comes from, where kind of the bottom half of the face is all... Gone. Right? Um, So it's just shit like that. Like, I don't know. I I have no idea how to feel about this, because it just seems like it's... We do this all the time with horror movies where things are based on real events, and we fucking have, like, the Warrens and the Conjuring that were abject con artists and now yeah, they're the heroes suck. for some reason well because i mean because you get patrick wilson and vera farmiga to play but they're gonna be charming as hell and they are <laughs> it's true i guess and I bet the so, real life warrens did charm people you have to be charming to be a con artist well accurate point anyways i don't know what my point is anymore i wish that they had actually used like real ass folklore and stuff to punch this up a little bit like it's so fucking easy to make that happen and they're just like eh ghosts and tricksters and stuff yeah they get close to saying something right because they're not just ghosts they're not the souls that like they actively do want to fuck with you and lure you into this forest they're not just like the souls of the departed but they don't pay off in any way no they're just the souls of the departed And and they have the line that's just like if you die here you come back angry that's how it works. I, I don't You're think the a. Japanese schoolgirl, I don't think, uh, what was her name, Mark Hitoshi? I don't think sure. she's a soul of the departed at all. I think she's a more malevolent spirit. Well, I do think, yeah, there are, like, some tricksters. Well, and that's kind of the thing. Like, is there a difference between the people? Because at the end of the movie, Sarah is also, she came back angry and is going after Michi, right? So she is yeah. definitely a soul Look, of the departed. It's uh, it's just uh, yet one more in the infinitely long list of reasons to hire a more diverse writing and production staff and crew. 
And maybe, I mean, you railed on when a stranger calls for it, the writer, each page is written by a different writer and then allowed to see the thing that happened before their page. <laughs> yeah. And that is very true, a criticism of this movie as well. <laughs> yeah, the ghosts are Probably whatever they need to so. be for that scene. Can I blow the whistle? Yeah, blow the whistle. <laughs> Why would you choose jeans? To go hike around a forest Wait, to find your lost to have sister. About it. We're getting into this weird mode where I feel Did like we, we talked talk about, about everything it? on the. Well, episode. we talked. We oh talk- yeah, because we talked about how Aiden's a hunk, and yeah, the tight I jeans think we look ta- good on whatever. Yeah, it nice is a shirts. nitpick. It yeah, is I mean, a nitpick. You're gonna chafe. It's you're gonna chafe, but I feel like it's it's still believable of someone who's coming from the city and not really, unless you wanted that REI section, whatever. Mont Bell. I'm pretty sure that did stay in. Whatever. Well, on the same token, <laughs> Aiden is seemingly prepared to go into the forest. He's got the right pants and shoes and gear, but the water bottle he brings is like one half liter plastic, like Nestle. Poland Springs <laughs> or Nestle just water bottle. What the fuck? The water's pure in the forest. You can just fill it back up, man. Oh, yeah, you just God. fill it back up, and then you get a little bit of essence of dead person floating, you know? <laughs> I mean, isn't that kind of what everything is anyway, Mark? Essence of dead person? Basically, there have been a lot of people on this planet. You know, it's like a big old circle. You know, one molecule of air in your lungs right now is breathed by Plato or Archimedes or whatever. Christ. Think about or it. Or whatever. Yep. Think about it. <laughs> also, there's probably like uranium and lead and also that type of stuff in there too. So fun fun times being a human. We're all huh? swimming Toxicity in the same cosmic ocean, Mark. amount. Well said, Jack. I want to talk about the sushi she orders at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> That a, a, I want that scene to be two minutes longer so I can see how she actually came to have this food served to her because immediately Wait, after that, that, she asks the question and the guy clearly doesn't speak any English. So like she just walked in and he was like, I'm going to give her the parasite filled still moving shit. Okay, well, hold. if it's a nice sushi, if it's a Jiro kind of a joint, you can eat the still moving shit. I don't think you can, actually. If you're served anything from Jiro and it's still moving, I'm pretty sure you shouldn't eat it i'll eat anything jiro serves me and i'm allergic to shellfish i mean that's probably fair the one the one exception is if you serve so if you have like octopus or whatever and they serve it in soy sauce the sodium in the soy sauce will cause the neurons to fire um and actually like they can contract the muscles but the other thing is if you eat fish that is so fresh that it still has parasites in it the the fish is dead but the parasites are still alive and they'll move around and there's like worms and shit in there do not eat moving sushi it will ruin your year slash life probably <laughs> life this, is, this has been a psa from the a to z horror network yeah but uh, yeah i do want to just walk in and like point to a thing on the menu yeah, I, I want the living thing, Although, please. you know what, Mark? This is more evidence that it was a Jiro level of place because you don't get to pick anything at Jiro's joint, right? You just walk in and sit down and he serves you whatever the fuck he wants. I mean, there is a flip side of that where she just walks in and this guy's just had a long day and he's like, fucking Americans coming here. They don't know how to speak Japanese. I'm just, whatever. Here, have this. <laughs> uh, Natalie Dormer is using Endorm? her phone's flashlight. And Dorm is using her phone's flashlight so willy-nilly. It's absolutely it's insane. It's gonna die. She doesn't have a battery pack on the back. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. So, I mean, An she clearly battery. has, like, a smartphone, so this is a moot point anyway. But I do remember a when they first phone. changed to LEDs in uh, in phones when it was still, like, a flip phone or whatever. You could basically, like, fucking leave that thing on all day. And those batteries lasted for fucking ever. Yeah, but that, well, that's a pointless statement, though. <laughs> I know. It's just I'm like just, they used to make, they don't make them like they used to. You know, Viewmasters and flip phones. That's what oh I like. Oh, my God. 
I guarantee half our listeners at least have never owned a flip phone. <laughs> I barely owned a flip phone because I... I had that shitty old brick phone for like the almost the entire flip okay, phone. Okay, anything era. pre quote unquote <laughs> smartphone, which is a laughable phrase at this point. This is now this is now I mean we're four episodes apart, but we had it's funny how parallel this this episode is to when a stranger calls because we had this almost exact conversation. <laughs> but that was about how that was a time capsule movie. Well, and now I just want to go back. I want to go back to the days where I can slide my phone to the side. Oh, me too. Keyboard. The days prior to social media ruining the fucking planet. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, the planet wasn't great in great shape. Yeah, in the I don't early think it helped. I, I no, don't no, think no, no, no. Remember the 1960s when everything was great. <laughs> social media is the bane of most issues I, I'm right not, now. It's terrible. It's abjectly. I agree. <laughs> did the There's did social media though? Did social media used to just reside on the editorial page? Is that what is that what basically this is now? I don't understand what you're saying at all. I do Not have another do nitpick I. though. Yeah, please. When Help. she <laughs> falls on a round flat rock and slices up her palm impossibly, uh she then is like sitting back at the camp holding it, not holding any pressure on it, not doing anything, and it's not bleeding. And Aiden says, you need stitches. If it's not bleeding and you're not holding pressure on it, no, you don't need stitches. It's done the part that stitches would do. You, you already got co- coagulated. Yeah, you, you, you did the part. <laughs> you might need some other kind of care, but it's not stitches. And maybe he's just trying to demonstrate his value to her, you know? Like, hey, I can D. give you some. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you some stitches. He's got to be way later in the system by this point in the movie. <laughs> well, while we're on Aiden, I don't understand the writing of Aiden's character because it is kind of cool. Like Mark, I think you might have mentioned earlier uh, that he's. Um, <laughs> this is you, fun. This you, is fun for the listener. You're never quite sure if he's. Uh, g- good or not, or what his motivations are, or if Endorm is like losing it and getting unusually paranoid. But then there's a scene where he calls her kiddo. I'm like, no, fuck it, he's evil. You better slit his fucking throat right now. It's true. It's like there. He's basically the straight man this whole time. I think he's just an unequivocal good guy. And then the forest itself is trying to like play, make us play the guessing game as to whether or not he is a shithead. And I mean. I don't think he is. <laughs> well, except it he called her so kiddo, confusing. so he absolutely is a shithead. That's that's it true. Is. But also, what if like if you're trying to bed a lady and you call her kiddo, <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? That, that has is... to be top ten weirdest things you can say to someone that you're trying to woo. I also feel like from a film writing perspective, that's like the universal signal for this guy's a fucking chode. Is it? There are many, I can think of other things that would be worse. I mean, it does make him come off all of a sudden as fatherly instead of like a romantic interest. But he's I, not I, Yeah, it's it, one of those things where it's just like you didn't look at the pages before the one you wrote, and now you're trying to guess at what the relationship between these two characters is. <laughs> Fuck. I have a strange one, which is that so when they're taking down the aforementioned hanging body, uh, Michi and Aiden are, and Endorm can't look at it, they do this weird split cut thing where she's on the right oh. side of the screen with her back to a tree, and then they use the edge of the tree. I think this is how it works. I don't know. Someone who's smarter at film can chime in here and let us know in an email or Reddit This is a movie that's worth it, yep. Um, <laughs> there's like a weird split cut thing, and then the left half of the shot is them in the background 
removing the body from the tree. But all that means is there's two different focal lengths of lens used in the same shot, and then the edge of the tree in the middle of the fucking shot is blurry. And that is confusing and angering to me. I don't know why you would do that. What the hell so was the just, director it's thinking? It's just like this blurry tree border in the middle of this. I don't remember this at all. Go back and watch it if you no. can. Well, you can't. Why? Why? Just watch the. Why. Hold on, Jake. I'm gonna need you to watch the whole movie again so that mm. you can really get perspective on all of this stuff. Uh, yeah, I should watch it more. This is the sober. thing that matters, <laughs> so that when this one isn't recording, we can come back and our third take at it. it's gonna be really good. <laughs> oh, Speaking hey, of which, I have two recording, recordings Mark? going now. I got okay. one and I got a redundant one. <laughs> okay. I learn from my mistakes sometimes. <laughs> um. Hey. Uh, there's a there's a scene that brings up a couple of nitpicks for me. Oh my god! When she finds the twine, when she is deep lost in the woods, she finds yeah, she, a spool of twine. She brings twine and jeans. That's what she's bringing. No, to she, the table. she didn't bring the twine. She found, she found the twine that. on a tree. Oh, okay, okay. And she cool. decides, here I am, lost. I don't know where to go. This is where I'm going to start my string of twine spooling from so I can find my way back to this place. Yeah, I didn't this, know where it was. This location might help me reorient myself hey. in case I get lost again. Hey. If you get lost, then if you get more lost, then you can at least just go back to being regular lost by yeah, following the twine. That's backwards. a thing. That makes so much there's sense. No more, this is, lost is binary, I think. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is this this is the same thing as what we were talking about earlier. That's so easy to were include we? that as a scare where you not as like as a building moment of dread where you go back and like the twine has been knotted up in a bunch or she goes in circles or something following. Or the, the twine, twine is like in a completely loop. different setting visually. Totally. Like there could have been but so then many they, things. But then they just never use the fucking twine again. It's there Dude, for this 30 seconds. This movie fucking sucks. I'm so exhausted with these nitpicks. I don't even want to talk <laughs> about it. Well, one more nitpick about that scene, because she finds this twine, and instead of using a fucking stick to unspool it like a homo sapien who knows how to use tools, she uses a wounded-ass hand and index finger, because it's probably not infected with dead people enough yet. It's infected with something. You're worried about people finding the rope and becoming infected because her blood is on it? No, I'm worried about her with <laughs> That's a wounded exactly ass hand. exactly not what he said. Oh, I'm worried about that. Why isn't she just using a stick? Humans use tools. Use a stick to unspool it. Don't use your wounded hand. You know what, Jack? Isn't it kind of telling in this movie that the human wouldn't use the tool sort of thing that humans have been known to use? Endorm is like a Neanderthal. The humans in this movie can't comprehend the use of tools. <laughs> it does check out. Except for that one very cool knife that I guess Aiden stole from Michi or Michi gave to Aiden. Did they cut a scene out where Michi gave Aiden that knife? Dude, they I must have, no have cut clue. so many scenes out of this. They cut every important scene out of this movie and just left all the jump scares. <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> that's, like, that's all happened. that the fucking studio cared about, probably. They were like, we need X number of jump scares per like minute. You have a quota you have to hit so it can be enough of a little shriek fest for our 16-year-olds. <laughs> I mean, it worked. Movie made money. Yeah, hey, I mean, that's what's... If there are if there are iron deposits in a mountain, your compass doesn't spin around in circles. It points oh, toward the iron deposits. About this. No, I don't think we did. <laughs> oh my god. This is such a disaster. Why would no, you it wouldn't. if you guys, if you were ever in the wilderness and you opened your compass up or just looked at a compass because most compasses don't open and it was spinning around in circles. What do you what do? Would you do? <laughs> Kick that fucker in the creek. Yeah, just uh, fucking I'd throw look it. Look at the river and make sure it wasn't shifting directions. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> yeah. I have one more nitpick before we get to the game that I have prepared. 
Oh my god! How's this game gonna work? We already know all the answers. Well, but I'm hoping it's a good test. I don't remember anything. Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping that you guys were uh, substantially inebriated enough at this point that you don't remember the answers. You were hoping right. I was fronting. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Jack. I don't think you'd remember even if you were sober. (laughs) Probably not. I have I have a general nitpick with this movie that it's really too bad that we never saw Natalie Dormer's butt, and here's why. Well, I mean, excuse me. I'll I'll take a look at Natalie Dormer's butt. Sure, but right. This is, but a, here, this is very strange. Here's the important thing: that would have been the forest moon of Endorm. You know, think about it. Oh wow. my god! You spent all fucking night working on that pun. Can I don't even want to play the game. We need to go to. This ratings. didn't even. So, listener, this did not enter the podcast last night. Mark must have stayed up late working on this. I like fucking to spice pun. things up when we re-record. I cannot believe that you felt that that was necessary. I mean, it's quite an addition. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Jack, roll, roll moon the. Uh... Dorm. <laughs> yeah. That's such a dumb. G- fuck. <laughs> I can't believe you. You're so proud. I am. Roll the game show music, Jack. All right. I don't know <laughs> if we have any of that, but sure. Okay, I still don't know. I still don't know how this game is going to work, uh, but I think I'm just going to flip the people. So, Jack, you're going to go first. Oh, boy. This game is called When a Stranger Calls or The Forest, and we're just choosing between the two. Okay. I'm going to give you a category. You're going to tell me which one scored higher. Okay, your category is Metacritic rating. Uh, the Forest was higher. Damn it, he remembers. Yeah, I <laughs> think is, I remember most correct. of these. <laughs> Metacritic uh, had the forest at a 34%, when a stranger calls 27%, so pretty darn close. Jake, the Tomatometer. They're both so low. Uh, this was higher. The forest correct, was higher. the forest had a 10%, when a stranger calls had a 9%, so almost so tied. Shitty. So shitty. Google reviews. Uh, yeah, Jack. See- now I remember this one also being like just a gaming the system thing. You're not doing three in a row. And I remember you didn't do three in a row. So that means when a stranger calls was higher on Google. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> 86% of Google users liked when a stranger calls. 75%. That's, I got to stop forest. using Google. Just alt- I'm a Bing man now. Moving Funny forward. you should mention that. I looked into Bing reviews, and I don't think it's an actual thing, because I did. I pulled up Bing on my computer last night against all of my instincts, uh, and I tried to find like a Bing score for both of these movies, and it doesn't exist. It just uses the exact same things when you Google when you Bing it. Hmm. That's yeah. When you Bing it, <clears throat> it just rolls off the me. tongue. It feels so but natural the fact to say eighty-six fucking percent of people found when a stranger calls good. Google it's a great is a movie. Broken all-time service. classic. IMDb rating, Jake. Oh, so I don't remember. Uh, this is you're getting a true reaction. IMDb. Um, I am going to say when a stranger calls. That is correct. Five point yeah. one versus the forests. Four point eight. Again, kind of sh- close. I'm sure both of you remember this one, but Jack, which one made more money? When a stranger calls made more money by like ten million, right? Yeah, Only like seven profit. to ten million, but also it came out ten years earlier, so I feel like that was more of an accomplishment. But yeah, both of these were pretty. I mean, they're not. It's got the the name recognition value, though, right? Just slapping the name when a stranger calls and having the the calls are coming from inside the house is like everyone, every dumb kid was telling that story like around a campfire, I feel like, in the 90s and early 2000s. So just the name recognition alone. When did the theatrical releases bottom out? 
not. Do you mean like when do they when do they become harder? Well, to I make mean, it just doesn't seem. I feel like that's before streaming was a juggernaut. The, ans- the answer is twenty twenty was when theatrical. Well, okay, yes, that is the answer. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, when did it bottom out? Whatever. I'm, this, we're spending too much time on this. I don't care. I mean, I think it's. I mean, when a stranger calls definitely was like a full theatrical thing. The forest was like something I got on Netflix. So that's what I'm so, saying. Is like it's not surprising to me. Over the course of time, yeah, that makes sense. I did look up um, my because we did this in cutting room. So in May of 2016, I weighed in on this movie, and what maybe I say? should save this for my overall rating. Yeah, but... yes, do that. Save okay, it. pause, 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 pause. Let's go to ratings. We over at Easy Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For oh. one, think of how you'd rate their ability to take the mana. But they couldn't take the mana. And for 10, think of how the Avid brothers would rate how much trouble they got in. I sure did get in lots of trouble. Story is the first category to rate these movies. This was my pick. I'm going to rate the thing for story. I'm going to give it a 4 for story. <laughs> <laughs> You gave it a three last night. I what was trying changed? to remember. No, I'm giving it a three. <laughs> I'm giving okay. it a three. I was trying to remember. I was trying to... Uh, the problem was... I, I like how of, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean nothing no, it to you. It, I was, no, instead of going with my heart, I was trying to exactly replicate my scores. I should have just gone with my heart and been true to myself. Uh, look, it's not a good story. It, all right, Mati. It isn't... <laughs> that's all I got, Mark. I got a monkey and the power of heart. Um... It's very bad. It's a very bad story. It's poorly written. I, it is is interesting to have this idea of, you know, the Aokigahara forest. It might be a little problematic. Who knows? But it's also the twin thing, the, the backstory, flashback things. Just the whole thing is a mess. It's not well written, but it's doing more than nothing. Jake? Story does exist here. I, I You can't say that there is no story. It's just an absolute mess. And the only other thing that I want to add on or layer on to here is that I really despise, once again, I despise all of the flashback exposition. That's a really terrible way to go about providing story to the viewer. Um, the, the, the forest is just the the setting like it's like wouldn't it be cool to create this story so we can integrate the japanese suicide forest that's fucking stupid i gave this a two and i feel like i'm maybe being a bit harsh on it but i can't bring myself to rate it any higher i mean it's not it's not good it's 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 fucking stupid man (laughs) i hate the story here (laughs) mark how about you I like. I think I drastically need to recalibrate my story ratings because as I'm flipping through our document, there's really not too much that I have below, like a three, and that's probably wrong. So I ended up giving this movie a four, uh, and now I'll undergo this exercise of trying to figure out what makes good and bad writing and story and stuff like there. But the main, the main, the main point here is, I I kind of want there to be like a Snyder cut of the forest where oh they. I, I just do, feel like there not. has to be there has to be other stuff that was meant to be included that was left on the cutting room floor that explains all of the fucking things they shotgunned out there that never paid off on anything. Or They're, maybe you include those scenes and everything gets a lot worse. 
Uh, also possibly I true. It. I, I doubt that's possible. Because I wrote this down, I'm giving it a four, and now that I'm thinking about it, this is probably closer to like a two. So, <laughs> you know, so I'm sorry. Just give it a three then. Just give it a three. Okay. <laughs> So it's a, it's this is all now. important. I like guys. how Jake, you like, Mark, you said I kind of want to give it a two, and Jake said give it a three. Mark was like, okay. Well, he gave <laughs> he gave it a four, but he wanted to give it a two, so you might as well give it a three. <laughs> sure. World building and immersion is our second category. I'm gonna give it a five for world building and immersion. I was charmed by both Natalie Dormer and the guy who played Aiden, whose name I don't know. I enjoy watching them. I think it's uh, a beautiful movie, primarily set in this forest. That's just a delight to watch. I think it's. Uh, you know, obviously ruined by some horrible jump scares, but this is a very, very watchable movie, and like I think it's it's easy to get immersed in it and then just be absolutely ripped out by one of the worst jump scares you've ever seen in your life multiple times over. So it's a five. It had the potential to be a lot higher, but it's just not great. Jake. Aiden this was is, played by Taylor Kinney. Thank you. Interjecting. Thank you. Important. This is my highest category, so just throwing that out there. I gave this a four. <laughs> Uh, there, this is more from a world building standpoint than an immersion standpoint because there were numerous things that we've belabored enough at this point that I think are quite immersion breaking from the you know backs the the flashbacks to the jump scares. From a world building standpoint, like I think they're they didn't relatively okay job with setting the stage being the forest. Uh, there is very little that I have that I can take away from that from a high level it's what they do with that setting uh that ruins it so i'm gonna try to just make sure that that's kind of peanut buttered out throughout the rest of my ratings peanut buttered out yeah just like spread it out butter it out like you butter bread never heard that before i'm not gonna mound it on this one mark it's definitely it's definitely not a thing that people say okay oh well i just said it and i'm a people (laughs) i'm a peep mark what's your fucking score (laughs) i gave it a five and a half i feel like the main thing with um, like PG thirteen horror is that it sort of by definition has to be like very palatable. You know what I mean? I it's 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 immersive because of how innocuous it is. There's a lot of stuff to nitpick here. I understand why you guys are going lower, and in, in a sense, I agree with it. But I mean, whatever. I barely. It's went also lower. just like I mean, yeah, we're we're all yeah, we aren't in like the same we board. aren't all over the map on this one. You don't have yeah. to defend it. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, then I won't. Scare Factor is our third score. I was oscillating between a four and a five here. Goodness gracious. And I think I'm going to go with a four, but there are... Okay, number one, jump scares do work, and they did frighten me here. And this was one where I got, like, spooked by stuff going on in my dark house late at night. Uh, Number two, there are other genuinely scary things. The forest changing directions and the weird glitchy old lady and the glitchy trees are genuinely creepy. But it's not doing anything beyond that. I'm giving it a four. Jake. That's like all I am giving it credit for. I think it did a better job of kind of building that dread for the short periods of time that it spent doing so when in the forest. That worked a lot better to me than the jump scares. Like you can have the startle and the sting from an audio perspective of a jump scare. But like outside of that quick kind of like tap that you get as a, as a viewer, it's really hard for me to view those as anything other than infuriating. Uh, I can't say that they they provided me with any sort of scare. Scare has to last a little bit. There has to be like some residual heart pounding. And if it's just like I'm gonna you know tap you on the shoulder and you aren't expecting it, like that's not that's not to me what I'm looking for from a scare factor score. So it's low. I gave it a two and a half. Very low. It's basically just for the atmosphere. All right, Mark. What about you? <clears throat> I gave it a four. 
I mean, again, we're basically circling the wagons here. It's not a particularly scary movie, and I think the main point here is it doesn't have any lasting effects on you. We do, I think, have a tendency to underrate the effect of jump scares, having seen so fucking many of them. But you are desensitized, yes. If I if I still am talking to normal people <laughs> in my like day to day life who don't watch a lot of horror movies, jump scares like really get under their skin half the time, right? Because you just you're never you never feel comfortable, even though at this point we can see them coming if you don't know the cues. Or I mean honestly, even then sometimes these still surprise us. Like the Viewmaster one for as cheap and shitty as it is, like the reason it's cheap is because you don't see it coming. Um those things do lead uh. to people being a little bit traumatized by by movies that are very reliant on jump scares. So whatever, it's it's maybe, not like a zero. What, maybe this is four. another thing where we watch too many horror movies. But the second I see her pick up a Viewmaster in a cave she fell in, I would bet all the money I have well, that there's going to be a jump scare coming from it's that. It's that view the movie's master. already showed its hand yeah. at that point. There's no other reason to have that Viewmaster in yeah. there. <laughs> True, but th- I guess the point here is there's like four or five different ways you could do a jump scare there. And sure. Yeah, it, I kind of expected com- her to pull it down and have something right in front of her. The yeah. one thing the one thing that that does that is creative is it's a way of putting um, inside the frame of the movie, you zoom in more so you're actually like you have bars at the top and bottom of the screen. And then what the jump scare does is it actually comes out of the picture frame in a way that's almost like 3D. In- Insidious does the same thing, right? Where they're looking down the hallway through something they're using to see the ghost. Is that Insidious I'm thinking of? And you absolutely know there's going to be a jump scare because of the setup, but you're not 100% sure what the mm-hmm. jump scare is going to be. But I mean, my main point here is that it looks bad now and it's a dumb jump scare anyway but like the fact that the guy's hands come out over the picture frame sure, I see. Yeah. jumping at you yeah. creates a depth to this shot that makes it seem like something's coming out of your television that is actually sort of I mean it it's an interesting jump scare it's kind of the ring style right yeah yeah uh, effects I think is our next category I'm gonna give it a five for effects it didn't do a ton what it did looked fine. The sound effects were cool in some spots. Uh, uh, just very average. Everything looked yeah, fine. Yeah, you were middle on the, on the sound not mixing, whatever word you used. Design. Sound design. design. There you go. Totally yeah. different things. But and, and I don't think that the, like, is it's not bad, the chords they use for the jump scares. It's just, like, that those irritate me so much that they don't get any credit for it. It should have been a G, bad. not an F, idiots. <laughs> Jake, how about you? Yeah, so I, was, I wasn't I was lying, but I, was, I wasn't really being honest when I said that the four <laughs> that I gave earlier was my highest <laughs> score. It was tied. I gave this a four as well. Um, the reason, and I actually don't think this movie looks bad. I have basically nothing to say from an audio perspective, partly because of the state that I was in when I watched it, and partly because I don't think that it's a particularly like noteworthy movie from that respect. I'd have to watch it again, and I'm not going to, to give you a different answer on that and see if it changes. But... I am knocking this one down from what probably would have been closer to like middle of the road because of the last jump scare. Because it looked like shit. Yep. So it's getting knocked down to a four. Okay. Mark, how about you? Um I was just scrolling and now I can't see my fucking rating anymore. I, I ended up giving this a four and a half. Um kind of typical big movie fair. Your thing says five else. and a half. Oh, I typed it wrong. I'm, I'm going back to my okay. document at this point. <laughs> okay. I mean, 
there's ghosts that fly at the screen and most of them look bad and there are stupid shots that are composited from like four or five different things. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of questionable piles of effects in this movie, especially yeah. when they don't need to be there. And then the main vehicle for scares is jump scares. And I, honestly, like two of the like, big ones look okay and the rest of them look terrible. Viewmaster looks bad. Ending one looks bad. Guy in cab looks okay girl with melty <laughs> face <just> guy. <laughs> intent looks yeah. pretty good you know sure, it, you just sure. have kind of like a mix it's lower than average like whatever yeah no that's that's right. fair um that's gonna take us into overall i'm giving this a four overall i think it's a watchable movie it's certainly not good and it is really really poorly written and infuriating in some aspects but like I don't know. Sit down. It's short enough, and it's uh, it's watchable, I guess. And I like I like Natalie Dormer. She's charming. Uh, four. Jake. Uh, I gave it a three and a half. So ultimately, we didn't come out that far apart. Yeah. There are charming enough people in this movie. I wouldn't say that it's like career performances from anyone. And I con- conceptually, <laughs> that is. Could you imagine a... if your career performance came in the forest? Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious! You know what? I bet at least one person who acted in this movie that is true of, or four. Which the is the woman who played go, the little Japanese schoolgirl? She had that really creepy half grin thing down in the cave. That was good acting. Well, I'm also saying this could be someone's only credit. Yeah, that would then for qualify. Sure. So whatever. Either way, um, just charming much. enough people. Not really great performances. Like aside from them being fine to begin with. <laughs> and uh, the, I like the forest setting. I'm a sucker for people getting fucked with in the woods. The thing that interested us when this was first announced was the the setting and knowing about how they like the forest and how they were going to handle that or being curious as to how they were going to handle it, I guess. Didn't live up to it, so that's why it's a low score. Yeah, Mark? I went with four and a half, uh, which is the exact same score I gave when A Stranger Calls, and I feel like I just needed to make those two things equivalent because both movies are abjectly terrible <laughs> uh, four and a half is pretty yeah, Mark, high for you abjectly also terrible movies changed your rating from the written document because you had the forest at a five did you double check both and you wanted the forest to not be higher than when a stranger calls i mean it's important to be able to kind of change things on the fly that four between four and five and a half <laughs> mark like the move. forest I, better than when a stranger calls i knew i knew i wanted it to be lower than average and i feel like we we are we shit on a lot like pg-13 movies so i do feel like it kind of edges more toward average than anything else but it obviously has a ton of writing problems and general payoff issues um would now be a good time for me to read my uh, score that I originally gave it. Yeah, 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 yeah. five years ago. <laughs> okay, five fucking years ago. Woof. Jesus. Um, Mark watched The Forest for our uh, May 2016. Oh my God, that was five years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly five years ago. <laughs> our May 2016 cutting room, the feature we no um. longer do because Jack decided to stop writing. I gave this score. <laughs> I give this movie a score of three and a half, Ure. So I guess I've come up on it over the years. The second viewing really inspired me. Uh, and here's my blurb. I read it yesterday. I'm not sure I stand by it, but whatever. Here it is. You got to give it to us raw, man. 
Does this count as Japanese horror? Question mark. It's set in ja- in Japan in famous su- in the famous suicide forest, but its leading lady is the chick from Game of Thrones and Hunger Games. Not that I'm complaining. Moreover, I just didn't give the- get that same vibe I got from the Americanized Japanese movies like The Ring and The Grudge. The movie starts off betting hard on jump scares, not terrible ones, but also not great. And overall, <laughs> I think it actually helps the pacing a bit. The problem is the movie seems to be building toward this crescendo, and then nothing really happens. It's just a long section of predictable jump scares with some meaningless twists thrown in for good measure. I'm not off by too much. No, no I think the second part of your write-up was pretty much spot on, and the first part is Mark with hundreds of hundreds fewer horror movies under his belt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so <laughs> literally. Yeah, um, guys, I've seen like a dozen horror movies. I'm I'm qualified to write for a horror <laughs> blog. I mean, you were qualified to write for our horror blog. <laughs> That's true. And then the thing you know, is, the like, now is you're history. kind of actually qualified. And the funny part is, we don't write now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know what? So be it. Anyways, so I guess it. I came up a whole point on this thing over the course of five. Good for you. Years. You know. There you go. Buddy. Really, I'm softer now. <laughs> you've seen. You've seen some shit. <laughs> what's happened? And somehow that made this movie better. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, you've seen the depths Somehow. of what a bad movie can be. You've you've now seen When a Stranger Calls 06. You've seen what truly terrible hey, movies hey, are. Hey, that movie was fine. It was a better movie than this one. For oh, two of our current you saw, pol- you saw Poultry Geist. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> hey, Woof. it's got to be time to get the fuck out of here. Yes, sir, mm-hmm. finally. Exit take two. This has been episode 221 of the A to Z Horrorcast. If you're still here hanging out with us and you like what we got going on, you can go ahead and check out all of our links that are in the description below. And as Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, you might want to consider becoming a Patreon member, as we've been doing for over a year now and are going to continue to do into the foreseeable future. All of our Patreon proceeds are going to Feeding America, so you can get all the cool perks that you would expect from a Patreon. Uh, But guess what? The money's going somewhere that actually matters and that needs it, so that's pretty cool. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. There are links down there in the description below as well. And next week, we are wrapping up the current crop of movies that we've drafted with my final pick. This one is Bokeh. I'll go ahead and spell that for you because it doesn't say it's, it's B-O-K-E-H. Should still be on Netflix. If not, we're probably changing our pick. Not going to lie. That'll be coming at you roughly one week from today. And until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great week, everybody. It's definitely it's definitely not a thing that people say. Oh, well I just said it and I'm a people. <laughs> <laughs>